Hello everyone, welcome back to This Way Out. Before we get started, I wanted to be a transparent about some potentially controversial material that's going to be discussed. My friend Raymond Dorfel, who is my guest in this episode, experienced some very serious trauma in his life growing up. And his healing came about through the ayahuasca ceremony process. Now, for those who are not familiar with the ayahuasca ceremony, it involves the use of a hallucinogenic tea. Now, here on This Way Out, and myself personally, I am not one to judge how people find their healing, especially if go through their process, they find themselves in a better place emotionally, physically, mentally, genuinely a better person on the other end. And I believe that's what's taken place with Raymond. Despite what you may feel personally about the ayahuasca sessions and the process that's involved for the healing to take place in individuals, I ask that you keep an open mind and, and keep in mind that for Raymond, this process worked and he is genuinely a better person for it. I also would like to say that if you are interested in ayahuasca ceremonies, I ask that you do your research and ensure that you are taking the proper precautions when it comes to the ceremony. There are people who are experienced, who are qualified, and who are experts in the ayahuasca ceremony. And they are familiar, versed, and experts in how to properly conduct the therapy process. So, if an ayahuasca session is something that you are interested in, I encourage you to take the proper steps to ensure that you are getting the correct treatment so that way you do not take any unnecessary risks. I respect Raymond very much. I trust his judgment. I trust his perspective. And I believe that he has something to offer someone who could be experiencing or may have experienced similar traumatic events that he experienced. I'm personally open to whatever therapies are available to help people get through their traumatic experiences and move towards a better, healthier life. With that being said, let's get started. Welcome to the This Way Out podcast, a part of the This Way Out project. My name is Miguel Mata, and I would like to personally thank you for tuning in today to share some of your valuable time. This podcast is all about being a source of positive energy and messages. Here, I try to help those struggling with issues that can weigh heavily on the mind and make the world we live in seem like a dark and impossible place. I do this by sharing advice from personal experience, through stories from ordinary people who have overcome their own challenges, and other uplifting stories to help shed some light on the world we live in. In the end, my mission is to support you and help you feel better about yourself and your surroundings. All I'm asking for is a chance. Let's get started. Hello, how's it going everybody? Welcome back to This Way Out. Miguel Mata. 
And today we're doing a Skype interview with a very special individual who has a very, once again, another unique, special story um, to share with us. And I, uh, another story that I think that we can all take something away from that speaks to a lot of things that I think that we can all um, relate to. So my guest today, uh, talking to me via Skype, is Mr. Raymond. Now, Dorful is how I would say it as an American. But your last name is not. You're actually pronounce it. How do you how do you pronounce your name, please? It's actually a German surname. So it's uh, Raymond Durfel. Okay, I'll I'll take your word for it, Mister. You, you, <laughs> you can use the American way. That's fine. Okay, Mister. Durfel, uh, where are you calling us today from? I'm. I live in the in the great city of uh, Groningen. That's the top north city of uh, Holland. Uh, well, obviously, I don't look Dutch. I'm not tall. I'm not blonde. Um, <laughs> My mother is blonde, but she's short, and my father is Indonesian. So actually, I'm uh, I'm half half. I'm half Indonesian, and half Dutch, because my uh, my my father came here when he was three. He came from the uh, island of Jakarta, Bandung, um, with together with my with my grandfather and my grandmother, because uh, they were part of the Royal Dutch Indonesian Army, and with the independence of Indonesia, they had to move here. So and when my father was um, enrolled into the army, they still had, you know, uh, uh, um, enrollment. He met my mother uh, close, to, close to Groningen, that's like the, the second province, that's called Friesland. And, they, you know, they, they hooked up and they got married and then here I was. Now, obviously, that's a big a bit of a story, but that's what I'm here to tell you. What happened, what happened between when my mother got pregnant and between my 42nd birthday somewhere, so it's 42 years of, of extremely, well, actually beautiful processes, painful processes, but I've learned so much, so much about myself and why things happened, why things have happened in my life. I appreciate so, you. Uh, I definitely, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just wanted to say, uh, tell you that I appreciate you doing this with me today because this is a, what, I guess what you would call a grassroots project and um, just getting started and the message is getting out. And for me to be start talking to someone overseas um, about about their messages and, and stuff like that, it really it makes me feel good. And I, I just want to share my appreciation with you and say thanks for for doing this. I know you 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 got in touch with me because you heard I was doing this thing via another Facebook page. I think we were a part of. Uh, but uh, yeah. You know, long story short, I greatly, greatly appreciate it. You're mostly welcome. And, and thank you for, for having me here and share the story. Because this is a story I hardly ever share, you know, mostly in, with, 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 with people I'm intimate with. Um, and from the, for the past one and a half years, I got the message and the feeling, you know, this needs to get out. Because this is the first time I've ever had, like, a real website. I've been coaching people for years. And you couldn't find me. You could, could hardly find me online. Because I, I, I was always hiding, you know, underneath the radar. And not because I did stupid things or whatever, but I was afraid. I was afraid, you know, no one's going to listen to me. And I, who, who wants this story? And it's going to be stupid, whatever. But, you know, that feeling has passed away. You know, I, 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 I practically literally buried the, that feeling. So, um, and then this comes on my path. I mean, I even had an interview, like, last week with an Australian guy who asked me the same question. For example, he asked me about my ayahuasca ceremonies. And uh, he was doing a podcast as well. I mean, it's just, it's, it's like dropping out of the sky. 
Isn't I don't know funny? what's going on. Yeah. Dude, I'm, I'm tell, look, I, there's, there's something about this that maybe I'll share with you later, uh, but it's happening. There is something happening. There's a movement happening of positive energy and positive messages that, that's happening um, underneath the surface of our of what most people see, and it's it's rising. This positive energy, this positive movement, where people are are just kind of empowering each other, right? Like you and I, we're empowering each other to share our stories. We're empower and we're we're empowering each other to um to be strong in our and within ourselves and to be positive, etc. Since I started this thing, I've been exposed to so uh, so many different projects that are similar to mine, similar to what you're doing, and um, it really it really makes me feel good. It's like aha, it's happening. People are caring for each other again. Isn't that isn't that great yeah, that you see a movement where 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 people take uh, more responsibility for themselves and people they 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 ask themselves questions: How do I want to live? And why did I, why did these things happen? And then if they, they found out because they give meaning and reasons to the things that have happened in their lives. And then they make changes. And then they become the true leaders because true leaders lead by example. Now, a lot of our current leaders don't do that thing. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's, that's the way I look at it. And that's fine because you always, you always learn and build upon the, 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 the last generation, right? right? So it is time for us to uh, not to be the sheep and the sheep herder. Like, you know, there's a guy and I'm going to follow him. He's a guru and I'm going to, you know, worship him and, and, and do everything he says. No, no, it's about inner leadership. So this right. means you look inside yourself and you live the life that's important to you and how right. you want to, to put yourself out and how you want to be of service towards others. So this is, this is a different process than, than, than years, years ago. But this means that all those leaders who are doing or making this, these steps are doing this because they have been through a lot of shit. I consider us a community of people. So we're a community where we're, there are those of us that are trying to be community leaders and move that, that, that needle to, more towards the positive. Um, I'd like to, if we could just kind of redirect and, and come back down to the, to the, um, the purpose of this, of this visit, which is, um, you know, we all experiences, experience challenges and obstacles that we have to overcome in our lives some people experience harder challenges than others, not to say that any one challenge for one person is greater, less, or more than another, but there are just some challenges that are quite significant and can really take the kind of toll on a person where it can be nearly, it can, it can definitely feel nearly impossible to overcome. And I know that you have one of those, one of those types of stories that there are not just one challenge, but a series of challenges that you've had to overcome. You're at a point now where you feel like you might be headed in a better direction. So I was hoping, if you don't mind, <clears throat> that you could share some of those challenges with us. You can start You can start wherever you like. You know, the floor is yours. Share however you like. Yeah, if you don't mind just sharing some of those, some of the, some of the stuff that you've had to overcome to get to where you are now. All right. So um, let me start by, because this is like, like we have a little a bit of a hook. You started about, you know, the needle going towards positivity. But I experienced it differently in my life. I tried to be positive for the biggest part of my life. I tried to be happy. I tried to be, you know, always smiling. And I tried to, to, to make a, uh, something good about my life. But I always felt bad. And that because I didn't accept the dark parts of me, I couldn't be in a state of happiness. 
because I realized what everything I went through, and I'll start. I'll start with with that story, and 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 this is like like an like an entrance. Um, I realized that if you are not willing to accept the darkness you have inside you yourself, all the feelings you have, we call negative, all those difficult feelings we have. If you do not accept those, you can never lead a fulfilling and happy life. It's impossible. So you'll get this positive emotion. Oh, you always have to smile, you know, smile, and you know, you have to be. You know, and it's okay. You don't. You don't want to focus on anything negative. No, but why not? Because it's not negative. It's just. It's just. It's just an, uh, a judgment about negative feelings. But they're just difficult feelings. So um, some of the things I'm going to sh to tell you, um, um, I know because I did ceremonies like ayahuasca to give me insight, and I verified them with my parents. So let, so I'll start with my. Um, when I was born, um, my father wanted to have an abortion. So my mother went away from my father for a half a year. And just before I was born, he came back because you know he, he, he was sorry. And I was born with my parents actually distrusting each other. My mother was, was angry. She, she, she didn't have any trust in, in him. And, and my father felt guilty. So I, when I was born, I was born in pain. And I had like the, you know, the umbilical the, the cord around my neck. So I, I was born choking and in pain, feeling the emotions of my parents. Uh, and actually, when I, when I realized that in one of my ayahuasca sessions, that was, you know, it was profound. And I asked my parents, you know, did my father want to have an abortion? And they, they looked at me, how did you know? So, well, I saw that. I saw that. And suddenly I knew because, you know, the body remembers everything, everything, not just con not, it's, not consciously, but subconsciously. And if you can get that out, that, that subconscious part out, you can get an insight to why the things are in your life the way they are. Um, and my first memory I have when I was young was when I was free. And I was walking downstairs and in my diapers, uh, and I think it was summer, and I stood in front of the front door and I was crying, but nobody was home. And my mother, I asked my mother, so what happened? So well, he said, she said, well, I was at my mother's, but your father should have been there for you, but he went out to bowl, out bowling or playing tennis. And it was so frightening, I was so scared that I blacked out. And th at that moment, I made the subconscious decision that whenever something is going on in my life, nobody will be there for me. That was the message I got from my, from my birth. That was the message I got when I was free. So this was a message that was imprinted into my brain. So I had to do according to my own beliefs, I had to do everything myself. So then my parents divorced when I was seven. Um, and it was a violent divorce. And my mother, she fled into a stay away from my body house. It's like a house where women go to with their children to be safe from, from, from the, a violent partner because there was a lot of violence going on in, in, in my parents' house. Um, and um, I couldn't remember that for years. There was a part where I knew we, we, we left the house and a part where we um, came into the house of my aunt and uncle in a village where, where we stayed for, for a few years. And at some point, as well in my ayahuasca sessions, I could see and experience what happened. And I also asked my mother if that happened and if that what I saw was real. And, she, and, she, and then again, she said, how did you know? So I saw that. And I, I could see myself. I was, I was screaming. I had, and I was screaming. I was so in panic. And, had, had, and then I, I held my sister's hand. And she said, you were, you were so in panic for, for, for so many days, I had to get out of there because you were going, you were going crazy with your sister. And, you know, and remembering those things um, wasn't just traumatic, it gave me the opportunity to heal. 
because the only thing we need is to be conscious and aware what ha of what happened and then bring it back into love and understanding and compassion. But that was difficult because, you know, it, it, took, me, it took me at least 30, well, 30, 30 years, 32 years to, to figure that out. And, you know, and counting that up, you know, from when I was young, what I experienced in my youth with the divorces and the bullying at school for years, blue, uh, black, black and blue eyes coming home. And my mother, my mother didn't even know because I always told my mother I fell or I did something stupid and they, she, she would punish me. Um, and that went on for, for years, you know, my bike in, 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 the, in, the, in, the, uh, in the water, you know, punctured, uh, punctured tires, uh, ripped this clothes. This is what the bullies would do to you. Yeah. Until... Until my mother found out and she told me, you know, if you if you come home again crying, I'll kick your ass too. And, you know, then the next day I was on the, you know, the schoolyard and I was going out of school. And then these, these you know, the, 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 there was this one boy who always started it and he came towards me who was going to hit me. But I was so afraid and I was, you know, I can't go home. So what do I do? So I hit him and I was bullied for almost one and a half, two years. And I kept it to myself for years. So this was the first time I ever retaliated. And I hit him so hard, he, he, knocked, he knocked back. And I hit him so hard in the head afterwards that he had a hole in his head. And then there was whole, this whole uprising in schools. You know, Raymond, he is, he's so violent. And he's so aggressive. We need to kick him off school. You know, and we were the only, my sister Emma were the only, of, only persons of color in the whole uh, village at that time. No one's just brown. You know, it's just like a complexion. But even though there was a lot of discrimination going on as well, especially from my teacher. So, Did you, so coming you said from, you grew up in Holland, though, right? Yes, yes. And in Holland, there's a, a lot of uh, <clears throat> people of lighter complexion. Well, I mean, I'm sure it was a matter of, of, of complexion, race, the, um, but just the fact that you were a foreigner, if you will. Well, it's a combination. You know, once my, my, my parents divorced and um, I felt, well, I was traumatized. You know, when you're young and you're traumatized, you're an easy victim. And yeah. ch children, can, children can smell that. Children can smell, look, look, there's something going on with this guy. Maybe we, yeah, should, we, yeah, should, yeah. we should kick him in the butt. Um, but, you know, my parents, you know, they divorced and I was the only man in the house. So my mother was depressed and I felt I needed to take care of my mother and my sister. I felt so responsible. I stopped playing. I was very responsible. How old were you again at this seven. point? You're seven. seven. I did chores in the house. I did the dishes. I did washing. I know. I even helped cooking, cleaning. I took my sister to school, uh, uh, and I, I tried to do everything to you know, get the load off my mother. And um, so this means I always sacrificed myself to being a partner, a therapist. Uh, a, a, a man in the house, but never the son or never the little boy. So, you know, you, you can understand that at some mm. point, all my relationships were like a reflection of the relationship I had with my mother. I was mm. the knight in shining armor. You know, I, you know, I'll help you and I'll save you, you know. And, and I, always, I always met like, you know, broken women because, you know, I, I thought I needed to fix everybody. And I, I was a fixer, but I couldn't fix my mom. So I couldn't fix my, my, my partners. And so, you know, I helped my partners a lot and I was always there I paid for everything I was I wasn't you know, I was an idiot but you know in, in, <laughs> okay. in, 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 in a good way I tried my best but it failed just like I failed when I was young and every time it failed you know when I was in a bad state they left me when I was in the good state my partners would stay and it was all you know fun and games and it was okay because I was taking care of them but the moment I felt sad or I had something they all ran away 
So I tried my best to always be strong and always be happy. Yeah, I always try to be positive because if I was if I was weak, I was going to be left alone. That was my whole experience in life. I was angry, disappointed, sad, but I was always smiling. So um, at night, I think I've cried myself to sleep for, for I don't know how many years. I didn't want to let anyone know that I was in a bad bad state and I would I felt bad and I felt lonely and I felt alone and I felt you know, I felt all these things but I had no idea how to get this out of my system so I coped the best way I could you know and I did all my educations and I, I you know I did at university and and I did I don't know how many educations and courses I did just to get all kinds of knowledge in my brain and learn and read all kinds of books and go to seminars and talk to all kinds of doctors to learn about the body learn about the mind learn about psychology so I could figure out what the hell was going on with me and obviously help other people as well. You were aware of your, your kind of like the, the double life that you were having to live. Like on the outside, you had to be strong. On the inside, you were... Other chaos. Torn. Yes, yeah, torn. utter chaos. I was torn. And that, was the ex it w that is the reason why you felt like you had to gain knowledge. Like you had to, you were, were you trying to explain it to yourself? Were you trying to make sense of how you were feeling? Yes. I tried to figure out everything out in my head because I was afraid of feeling. Uh, that's, that was the whole point. You know, if I know everything, then nothing can, nothing can touch me anymore. No, nobody, can, nobody, can, no, nobody can kick me down because I know everything, right? right. This, was, this, this, was, this was my point. But I obviously failed. I learned so much. I learned a lot. And it helped me greatly to get, gain knowledge about, you know, the body and about the mind and, and about the heart and about the, 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 the connection with uh, well, another girlfriend. We lived together, um, and I, need, I never wanted to have children. I was, I was so afraid of becoming my own father that I, I rejected the whole idea. And my first love, my first true love, I broke up with her because I was sweating at night. I had nightmares because she wanted to have children, and I was terrified of, of becoming a father. So then at that point, I broke up with the love of my life. At, uh, and, and, you know, years later, I met another woman and I lived together with her for six years. And we had a, we had a son and, you know, he's amazing. You know, he, his name is Noah. He's just like me. You know, and he was, he was diagnosed <laughs> with high sensibility. He's, he's hyper intelligent. You know, he did a, we did tests with him and he had like uh, an IQ of 149, even though he was unmotivated to do the test. I mean, what the heck? But it's difficult for him as well because he his mind is so clogged, just like, like mine was. And, you know, he's experienced so much in his life and he has difficulty processing everything. And that was my problem, too. But I tried really hard to make the relationship work because I was afraid that I it would end up as with my parents. But, you know, what you're afraid of, you're going to create. So at some point she left and I was devastated. At, I think in 2010, she 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 left. And um, at the end of 2010, I found out that my accountant was well, well, cheating on me in such a way. So I lost like all my money. I had to pay tens of thousands of euros to, uh, to, the, to the IRS. And then you know, I, I, had to, I had to sell my house. So I lost my family, I lost my house, and I lost the last part of self-esteem I had. Uh, and then I fell into a depression. I fell into a depression. Because you know, coming from being bullied when I was young, for years and from mental and emotional abuse and things 
told being told to me you know you're you're a loser you can't do anything i wish you were you were dead and you're like your mother you're lazy and and although i started to believe all those things right i started to believe everything i was a failure i can't do anything and nobody wants nobody wants me around so so let's let a little kick back what when i was 17 um i had a girlfriend and she was a model and i was so proud because i never thought you know i would ever date anyone let alone a model but she broke up with me because she was visiting uh, her sister in in France and her sister was an au pair with with rich pe rich people and this girlfriend of mine she saw rich people and she thought you know what Raymond isn't rich he's, he's never going to give me that so I'm probably going to break up with him at this point you're 17 and already she's made and I'm sure she was young too right she was a teenager too I would imagine mm -hmm. but she she pretty much summed up that you weren't going to amount to anything so she broke up with you Yes. And you were also playing professional soccer at that time. How long were you playing soccer again up up to that point? Uh, well, soccer was my life. I've I've been playing soccer from when I was six, and and you know I was at some I was seventeen, so and I was playing for uh, we call it, it was a, a professional club in the youth section, and I was so proud, you know, I worked because we had to pay for everything ourselves. I had to travel there on my own because there were no facilitations at that point. And, but I was willing to do it, and I, I trained every day. I trained every day because we had a soccer field next to our house. So I was on the soccer field of day in, day out, training, yeah. training, 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 getting better, getting better. I'm gonna break up with him, and, and she called me up. Yeah, I'm gonna break up with you because you know you're never gonna give me enough that I need. So okay, goodbye. And she hung up, and you know, and, and I couldn't sleep for months. I couldn't wow. sleep for months. It was crazy, and I had to get sleeping pills because you know I I I, I was awake every night. And I took the pills, but the pills didn't, didn't work. I went, I went crazy. So at some point, I, I woke up in the middle of the night again, and I, I went to the toilet with these pills in, in my hand, and I asked myself two things. Either I'm going to flush them down the toilet and make something of my life, or I'm going to eat them and end it all because I was done. But something inside me told me not to do it. So I flushed them down the toilet and made the decision to make something of my life, and, you know, and I think a, a few weeks later, um, I became sick, you know, kissing disease, you know, that disease, kissing disease, mm. I had kissing disease. So I was in bed for three quarters of a year. They had to carry me out of bed. They had to bring me into bed. And I was a professional soccer player, but I was the professional soccer player. My identity was my soccer playing. You know, I, I, I got all my status and from that, from being the soccer player and I lost that. So, you know, this was a huge dent, again, in my, in my uh, self-esteem. Um, and the, the moment I sat back in the saddle, you know, I had this motorbike and I drove to, well, I worked at the, the, the pizzeria, the pizza place of my, my father uh, at that point. Um, uh, and I was, I was done with work. I drove home and then I got hit by a car. So then I was in bed ag again for another three weeks. <laughs> and this time, because I had this huge hole in my shins, I couldn't play professional soccer anymore. And, you know, and then I got sick and then I got the motor accident you got and, sick, yeah. Yeah, and, and it was over. It was over. You know, I can, I can play soccer, but I could never play it on the same level again. Right. I lost, I lost all my confidence in my own right. body because, you know, it, I, I, that was the whole point. I lost confidence. Didn't you say you had to, I think in our conversation, didn't you say you had to learn how to walk again or something like that? Like your injury was that severe? Well, I had to, no, well, I didn't, no, 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 it wasn't that I needed to learn how to walk again. 
it just took me a long time because it oh, was uh, to rehabilitate. A, a big a big part of my shin was out. So it, it took me a long time to be able to walk normally on my legs, let alone right. run. Right. Okay. I'm it sorry. Needed, yeah. it needed to heal. No, that's okay. That's okay. But my salvation came later in my life when um, well, I was depressed for four years. And after four years, I wanted to start up a new company. So I met um, a um, an investor through my well then girlfriend, and he invested in a new company. When he was like, "Yes, let's go!" So this I, is you know, this I is worked. after the, this is after the embezzlement, or this is when the embezzlement happened. This is after I lost everything. Of this laundry list of things that you've had to get get over to that point, you're still here, and you're, but your smile is genuine now. Yes, you did say before, like your smile wasn't necessarily genuine before but it is genuine now at this point you are considering a new business venture yeah with an investor and he you know, he invests money and he becomes like a business partner and i know in the first year i pay him off twenty five thousand euros and i work really hard and i'm like yeah, yes i'm gonna pay him off really quick so i can you know make enough money and I don't so I don't need to feel like 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 a loser anymore but you know even though I paid in 25,000 euros in one year the money only added up and I found out that he took much more money from per percentage wise out of my company and I didn't even know it because I was I was a bit naive you know I could have read it in the, in the really really you know the small lines but I trusted him and it, yeah. he took he took like 40% of my out of my company even though it was just a loan uh, obviously, he was alone. He was supposed to do all kinds of work, but he didn't. And he gave, he was supposed to do all kinds of business aspects and and to do the administration. But he gave it away to someone he already had a company with. So this guy took money from <laughs> double the money from me. But that that wasn't the problem. The problem was that I started working even harder to pay off, and I worked so hard I fell into a burnout. I couldn't I couldn't even get out of bed normally anymore. And, and I had to, I walked outside like this, you know, I'd smile and be happy and when I came home I just collapsed. And and that was that was like the lowest low. You know, I lost all my money at first and then I lost a lot of money because I stopped this this I stopped the company with him and I lost all my money again and I was at the brink of of you know, what am I going to do with my life and what kind of a, an example do I want to be for my son? Uh, and I'm not saying I have to be super successful and make a lot of money, but I'm talking about how do you pick yourself up when things go down or things go sideways? And this was like the, the, the switch. And, but I didn't know what to do because I'd done all kinds of therapies and coaches and, and seminars and nothing really helped. I just gained a lot of extra knowledge, which made it even bit more difficult to feel. And then one of my friends told me, you should do ayahuasca. So, oh, all right. So, after five years of knowing about ayahuasca, because I never did any drugs whatsoever. What is and, ayahuasca uh, now? Um, ayahuasca is like a, uh, a plant that you cook, um, some plants, a combination of plants that you cook, and you drink it as a tea, and in this tea is DMT. So, DMT is a, um, um, uh, like a chemical your, your brain makes when you go to sleep. So, when you drink DMT, you're in a awake dream state. And in this state, you get like um, what ayahuasca does is it shows you the things that live inside you and it, it makes it bigger. So it's, it's actually, actually like a magnifying glass for you for the things that are going on inside yourself that you're not aware of. And I have to say, the, the first time I did ayahuasca was in 2016. Um, and, I, you know, I had never felt any love or compassion for myself. I was so hard on myself. You know, when I, I was working as an instructor at fitness and aerobics, etc., 
even I was even going to work with bruised ribs, with splinters from my bone, with a concussion, with like high fever. I would go to work because you know I wanted to be the the the, the best the best uh, uh, employee because you know they, they have to count on me and I can't be sick. So I pushed my body to the limits that was that was bringing me like. Um, Achilles heel problems uh, and uh, back problems. So I stepped out of my bed like a grandpa every morning, and you know, pushed myself out of it. You know, man up and uh, and get going and work because you need to work. So obviously that broke up. That that you know that my body was 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 going nuts. So and this burnout showed me that I was way 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 too hard on myself. But what I experienced in this ayahuasca was was phenomenal. I I closed my eyes and at some point it started working. And I could hear voices that were telling me, um, "Welcome home, brother." You know, and it even touches me again because I, I, I didn't know what it was, but I felt like I was home. And I recognized, and I told them, "I missed you so much." And I said, "We were always there for you, but you forgot about us." And I felt love. I felt love for the first time in my life, and it was so magical. I cried, you know, amiga. I cried. I never cried. Well, obviously, I cried at myself at sleep at night, but that was because I felt. I felt so lonely and alone, and this time I felt love. And out of this ayahuasca, I was like, "What was this? What was this?" I, I became so curious. So um, I did one more, and then I I took a trip to to Peru. And, is this, and a, is this a therapy or something like that? Do you go to? Do you see a? I don't. I mean, I don't. Wouldn't imagine you see a doctor for. It. I yeah. don't know. How does how does the process work? Like, right, is it? I'll tell you. Just tell you. I'm just curious. I'd never heard of it before. So what you do is um, I'm a bit of a uh, square. That's okay. I'll, I'll explain. <laughs> That's, I'll explain. Um, what you do is because we have a center here in in in, in the vicinity in in Hidden Fane. We call it Hidden Fane. It's a city, um, and you go there, and it's a group of nine people with two guy two people guiding it. One ceremony master. So this is a woman, Rika, and and Rika is absolutely amazing. You know, I was I I distrusted almost everybody in my life, obviously because of all the things I've experienced, but this was the first person I actually trusted. Even though I didn't know why or what or how, but I trusted her. And um, you go into group and you have a conversation on the tables. You know who you are and why you're here and what ayahuasca is. And uh, then you 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 get dressed. You have this wet white attire because this is a part of a ceremony. And you have nine mattresses lying in a circle um, with with a bucket next to you and some paper to you know if you have to puke or whatever. Or you, you just wipe off your face or you know you cry. Yes, and you just right. uh, blow your okay. nose. Um, and then you drink one one tea. This is the uh, Mao inhibitor. Inhibitor. This is like an enzyme you have in your stomach, which inhibits the DMT. So if you drink DMT without the the uh, Mao inhibitor, uh, it breaks down. So first you drink the the, the Mao Mao inhibitor, and then ten minutes later you drink the ayahuasca. And then you lay down, and then you have these blankets over you. You bring your pillow and your blankets, and you close your eyes, and they start music. And, it's, and, and, well, at some point, it begins to work. And you begin to see colors or shapes or movements. And, or, or you could see visions or you could feel things in your body. Something was going on. And what happens in an ayahuasca, I can't really tell you because right, every right. ayahuasca is but different. But for you, that, what you just described, that's what happened for you. Yes, that's what happened for me. And it wasn't, it wasn't because of all the things I saw, but it was the experience I had by feeling love and appreciation for myself for the first time in my life. And, and nothing I ever did in my life has ever amounted to that. So I went to ayahuasca uh, in Peru with a friend of mine. And obviously, I didn't have any money. 
But this friend of mine said, you know what? I, we're going to travel for, for a month. Like, I can go for a week. So we're going to travel for a month. I'm going to pay for everything. You just pay for your ticket. And I, I was fa- so thankful because that's, that, that's absolutely what I needed, a break. So we went to Peru into the jungle. Did it, we did ayahuasca for a week. And man, it was... <sighs> I have pictures. I can send you... Afterwards, I can send you two pictures of the first day in the jungle. And you could see, like, I had this dark vibe around me, and my eyes are dark, and 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 I was tired, and I was, I was so I was so fed up with 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 life actually. Um, and the eighth day, I sit on the boat with a with like a, a fishing rod, you know, and I I have never had any ex- experience nor patience for fishing, but we were fishing piranhas with a, a wooden stick and a rope and like a hook and meat. You were splashing in the water, and then you know the the, the piranhas will go up you throw the, 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 the meat in the water, you wait, you pull, and then, yeah, hopefully you get a, you get a piranha. <laughs> and I, I felt so alive. I felt so connected. I felt so happy. I felt so, so calm and serene. And it was like, wow, I've never experienced this in my life. So this was life-changing. And, and all the insights I got, all the feelings that, that were pent up in my body, and, and I even lost like six, seven kilograms of muscle mass because of pure tension, I was like walking around. You know, I had huge arms, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm still very fit, but I'm, I'm very flexible and mobile now. I can even reach my toes easily. I could never reach my toes; I was too stiff. And now, even though without any stretching, I could like put my hands over my toes. I was like, "What the hell is going on?" <laughs> and yeah, and yeah. and and my body does things like like the dancing or feeling mobile. I don't have any pains. I don't have any stiffness. I feel light in my head, not lightheaded in a sense that I'm high yeah, or whatever. Yeah. You know, because that's that's different. Like a load has been removed exactly, from your life. Yeah. Exactly. Literally and figuratively. And you know, and and what happens then is all things come together. Uh, with my business, you know, I coach men and uh, I get men from all over the world and they ask me, you know, not just the story, right. because they see they see the story from where I come from, and then they look at me and the, they look me in the eye, or they talk to me, you know, like you're talking to me, and like, what happened? How did you do that, man? So obviously, it's not it's not an easy fa- task. Looking your demons in the eye, man, I have I have been so afraid in my ayahuasca. I was shivering and shaking and crying because it things came up that were so traumatic that I pushed away so hard. For example, anger. I had so much anger in my system. And then suddenly, Ayahuasca showed me the anger. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, my goodness. You, you, I can't believe I have this inside of me. And, and the hatred towards, towards my father, for example. And here's the beautiful thing. And here's a beautiful example of the transformation I believe I went through. I hated my father in my life. I resented him. I felt so disappointed in him. He was never there. And he always made me feel like shit. And, and, you know, he was like a huge narcissist. So, so I, could, I couldn't do anything right. So I always felt I, like I couldn't do anything right. And last Christmas, I invited my father over. And what happened then is I talked to my sister, and my sister wanted to come as well. And I talked to my mother, and even my mother said, can I come as well? And then we sat here at this table where I'm, where I'm speaking to you now. We sat here as a family after 35 years and you know what the beauty of, of the whole part is? There was no resentment. There was not even a speck of anger or, or, or judgment. There was just understanding and compassion. I cried. I cried here at the table. I was so happy that not just because that we sat here, but because I realized that I did not have any poison towards my father anymore. And this means if I didn't have any poison towards him anymore, 
I didn't have any poison towards myself anymore. Yeah. And I told my father the, the morning, because he slept here the day before my, my mother and my sister came, uh, we were in the kitchen, and I told him, you know, Dad, um, you're 68, and he looks great. Um, and we were in the kitchen, and I told him, Dad, you know, you're going to die because, you know, 68, you, you, maybe not now, but in a few years or, may, or maybe, maybe 20 years, you're going to die. But when you die, I will be there. I will make sure, because I know, because I felt so alone and lonely in my life, I know that you felt lonely and alone in your life. And I'm going to be there for you. And I'm going to, to, to take care of your body and make sure that you don't die alone. And he cried and we held each other. And you know, can you imagine how, you know, it, it touched me, how, how proud I am and how happy I am that I am able to transform my own hatred and resentment from, my, toward, from and towards myself, and which I projected onto my father because as an adult, it's my responsibility to change the things I want to change in my life. My life is my responsibility. My happiness is my responsibility. And even though you know, a lot of people know this, but they still resent, resent their parents or resent people with the things what they've done to them. And I realized that everything that has happened in my life and everybody that came into my life that made me feel like shit or, may, or, or, or how I responded to them has made, has, has made it possible for me to transform this. Because I know, and I told my son, because my son has a very difficult situation as well. Um, he's being bullied and he feels that you know, he's not needed in this world. And I told him, you know, can I give you a perspective on what you're experiencing? And I said, yeah, it's okay. You can tell me that. And, so, and I told him, only the best students get the most difficult lessons. Because only the best students are going to be the best teachers. And without hard lessons, you cannot become a great teacher. Mm. And he told me, Dad, will I ever come out of this? And, and you know, this, this, this is really, this, that's, that's hard to hear, you know, if you're a son. Because it's not about that, that my ex and, my, and I are not doing our best. We're doing everything we can. But he has to go through his own processes again, uh, as well as I did. But I am there to show him that it is possible to, you know, want to die from wanting to die for years to wanting to live more and to engage more with, with life than ever before. And this is possible. This is possible for everybody. Mm. But like we, like we talked about at the, in the beginning of our, our conversation, um, it is important to have someone or to find someone or to find something that will show you that it's possible. Have good role models. Um, find good role models. And if you don't have them in your vicinity, you know, take the steps that are necessary to get there. And they're even online. Uh, and, and I know it's, it's hard because for a lot of people, and I experience this in my life, it's hard to face the truth about yourself, the real truth about yourself. And if the real truth is that you're squandering your life living in a state of resentment and regret and anger and disappointment, then, you know, you know my friend, it's going to be a very hard life. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy because taking the steps from where I came from to where I am now was the hardest thing I ever had to do. But now, this is like a compound effect, right? If you go through the darkness, and this is where we started at, if you go through the darkness, those, that's the place where everything is being born. From darkness, everything is being born. From your mother, you come from darkness. Everything you plant in the ground comes from darkness. So your growth comes from the darkness. We shouldn't fear our darkness. We should embrace it. 
everything that lies there is meant for you to grow in that aspect. And if you look at it that way and you embrace the darkness, you grow into the light, then you become whole. And this is what I did. This is mm. what I'm teaching other men. Interesting. That's a great, that's a great perspective. That's, I think that's a really, really good, excellent. I hope you don't mind me saying this, but I'm like super proud of you, dude. Oh, thank you. I'm very like much. super proud of you. I think you've done, I think you've done a really good job and you should be happy with yourself. And I, I, and I, I have a feeling that, uh, that you don't have that now you don't find it difficult to maybe pat yourself on the back because you've done a good job. And, uh, I really do wish you the best in all your future endeavors to include the project that you have going on right now. Um, if you don't mind, uh, tell us a little bit about it and then, you know, share, share whatever you like about it. But what's the, what's the goal? What's the mission of what you have going on too? All right. So there's two things. Um, I got the message in my ayahuasca for a whole year, like almost every time I did ayahuasca, start writing, make videos and start groups. It's time. Everything is ready for you. But you know, I was scared. I was scared shitless. Yeah. Because this would mean I would have to get my, my face out in the open, really out in the open, not just for right. the people I love, not just for my clients, but for everybody to see. And like, this is the second time I actually am, well, I've, I've written posts. But this is the second time I actually have ever been this open towards everybody in the world. Mm -hmm. But I believe it's necessary. So what I did is I bought everything to make videos because I feel that now I have not just experienced a lot of things, but how to transform. Those are, I, I can bring them down into to very easy steps. They're going to be difficult to, to do, but they're very easy to, to, to understand. And I'm starting my first uh, men's group. And so I've invited... Um, well, I thought I needed to invite like maybe 15, 20 people or 20 men to make a group of seven. But now I have the luxury problem that everybody I invited, I invited like nine or 10, 10 men and they all said yes. And they all said yes because, you know, and I asked them, you know, why did you say yes? Because we've seen you, we've seen you in the, either in the ayahuasca, we've seen your post, we know what you stand for, we know what kind of a man you are and we want to be there. I was like, how, how cool is that? And they all said yes. And not just a little bit, yes. They said, oh, yes, I would love to do that. I'm really, because <laughs> men, and, and that's not, it's not just because of me, men are ready to, to come together with other men and to experience what it is, what true masculinity for them is, you know, whatever that may be. And not just talk with each other, but sing, dance, and drum, and cry together. And, and, and you know, talk about all kinds of subjects like, like sex or relationships or your, your, or your, your work or money. And it doesn't matter. And, and that everything you say will be will be received without judgment and that you can get a loving mirror because obviously you want to learn as well. And from that place, from, from learning about your own masculinity and sharing this in a space with other men, I, my vision is to create, to create more value for other men. So because I, I invited leaders and I, I told them, you know, I'm not going to be like the leader of the leaders. We're going to do this together. And I need you to step up your own game to make sure that we create something for ourselves and for each other and for other men around the world to be heard, to be seen, to be loved, to be guided, to have to be a good role model so that we can transcend all these idiot and crazy ideas we have about masculinity. You know, this, this hyper masculinity, you have to be like Thor, you have to have little huge muscles and, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't show any emotions and, you know, women, you know, women are there to either to, you know, to, to, to only have sex with and to conquer 
no, 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 absolutely not. That is not what true masculinity is about. And you know, whatever it is, we're going to find out together because mm. masculinity is different for every man. Obviously, there are some guidelines, but you should find out what it means to you and how you express yourself in that way. Because if you live authentically, if you connect to your true masculinity from your true core values, then you will create a life for yourself and others that, you know, that, that creates a legacy. And that's what I'm all about. Excellent. Excellent. What's your, uh, what's your website called? Um, it's www.raymonddorfel.com. I'll send it. I'll send it to you by Skype, so you can, you know, you can post it wherever. Yeah, sure. Uh, if, if you know, if, if anybody has any questions, I'm I'm always very happy to uh, to to send to give you an answer. Whether you are a female or a male, doesn't matter. You always give an answer. Right. Excellent. Excellent. Well, my brother, you have quite the story, and I am happy to see that that. Uh, you have a genuine smile on your face, friend. You are, you are, I think, I can't, you know, I can't guarantee that, that a whole lot of people are going to see this interview, but I don't think it's too far fetched that say, to say that there could be a few people. And I also don't think it's too far fetched to say that of that few people, somebody's going to be inspired. And that's the, that for me is, is my, is my um, is my mission to try to show people that there are good people in the world. They're overcoming challenges. This is one way. One guy did it. There's no real right or wrong way to get through life. Absolutely not. But we're all we're we are all. Everybody is searching, is trying, is striving for the same thing, which is just to live a life of peace and happiness. And that's what I think that's, I really think that's what we're all shooting for the everyday person, the everyday yeah. person like you and me, that's exactly. what we're shooting for. I can't speak to everybody, but I can say that the everyday person like you and I are, that's all we want is to live in some, some sort of peace and happiness. And, uh, the journey is long and treacherous. It is a treacherous journey. And some very good people we've lost some very good people along the way but there are also some very good people such as yourself who have made it and you are the kind of people that we should be learning from so i appreciate your time i appreciate you sharing congratulations on um on a renewed relationship with your dad i mean that's that's an excellent excellent uh, result of your journey and um i know that for you people like you and i it's not over we we, no. we move on we continue we continue to try to make an impact on the world and and i got a feeling that you're going to do that for a lot of people so congratulations um i'm happy for you um i appreciate your time i appreciate you sharing and um you know what I, here's what i like to here's how i like to end these things you know you've got an audience you've got an opportunity um, it doesn't have to be related to anything that you just talked about, but if you had one thing to share with someone, anyone, one thing to share, a piece of advice, a nugget, something, what would you, what would you, what would you tell someone? Never give up on yourself and never give in because no matter where you come from, no matter what you've been through, 
it was all it is all meant to make you the person who you truly are if you're willing to look at that but the moment you give up on yourself it's over i couldn't agree more i couldn't agree more there's so much strength within us it's just it's exactly. just not it's not entirely obvious at first but there's we we are we are made of so much you're right though never give up on yourself you really shouldn't people should not give up on on themselves exactly thank you again thank you well, again I, I appreciate it very much miguel thank you very much for 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 giving me the opportunity to share my story and and you know i think that the project you have and the intentions you have i i absolutely love that because people are waiting for 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 good stories and not just a good story but a true genuine story where people can you know feel uplifted or inspired or or ask questions and oh man there is so there is a way for me and you're providing that platform so this is this is you know my thanks to you too and my respect for you to you um, that you are providing this for other men or other people so uh, wow absolutely well i appreciate that thanks buddy you're welcome all right so this has been another episode of this way out my guest today was raymond Dorful, I, I still butchered it, but he's, he said it at the beginning of the, he said his name correctly. Okay, so we'll just leave it at that. This has been another episode of This Way Out. I'd like to thank my, my guest Raymond for being on today, for sharing his, his uh, amazing story. Um, if you like this episode and you want to see future episodes, please subscribe and click the bell to see future episodes. Um, uh, as I've mentioned before, I've got a presence on social media, on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook. And if you're interested in the other aspects of this, this way out project, uh, I've got a podcast, uh, write blogs, write feature articles. Um, you can find all that stuff at my website at thiswo-light.com. Um, once again, thanks, thanks a bunch, Raymond. I really appreciate your time and we will see you guys soon god bless this has been the this way out podcast a part of the this way out project the this way out podcast can be found on google itunes iHeartRadio, spotify and Castbox. if you enjoyed this episode and you want to hear future episodes please subscribe if you would like to be a guest on the podcast recommend future topics provide feedback or any other reason you can comment on this episode or send me an email at thiswo.light at gmail.com. That's T-H-I-S-W-O dot L-I-G-H-T at gmail.com. If you're interested in the other aspects of the This Way Out project, be sure to visit my website at thiswo-light.com.